0: Hi Chad. Hey mom. Today's episode is about fashion. Mm -hmm. This is a really fun topic. I love fashion. I also love not wearing anything super fashionable and I think that's also part of fashion. Not just getting all dressed up and looking snazzy but also being comfortable.
1: Yeah for sure. Comfort really should be the most important part of fashion.
0: Oh absolutely. But I understand sometimes Fashion comes at the price of discomfort as well, because sometimes we want to wear stuff that looks really, really cool. It's not necessarily that comfortable. Comfort can also mean comfortable in what you're wearing, as in I'm comfortable showing this to other people and I'm comfortable in who I am. So in this episode, we talk about mostly Chad's fashion evolution. Yes. From childhood till now and everything in between. And Chad gives us some advice on fashion.
1: (laughs) Fashion advice.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What do you think, Chad?
1: I think we should start the episode.
0: Let's do it.
2: There is a note, there is one perfect way of being, and I know that I will find it out someday. And there are times when I find myself repeating every stupid thing I swore I'd never say. But I will rise, I will face the morning laughing, and I'll try and find myself along the way. But there are days that I keep myself from crying as I try and face another God. Welcome
0: to Gender Euphoria Podcast, where we amplify the voices of LGBTQ teens by listening to their stories growing up in American society. When you were young, you loved tutus. So you liked a lot of tulle, you liked lace, you liked glitter, things that were shiny and shimmery. What would be considered, although I don't like the term, girly fashion? And I only use that because I know that's what people understand it to be. That's yeah. a general, it's a general term that's used for that. So what do you remember
1: I don't remember a lot, but I do remember wanting pink clothes, being very particular about what was on those clothes, and being very uncomfortable with the prospect of having to wear things like jeans.
0: Right, you did not like jeans. It was like you suddenly decided, I'm not going to wear these anymore. I remember going to the store and buying a bunch of jeans. I was like, school's going to start. It was the summertime. And I thought, okay, I need to get ready to buy all the clothes Chad will need. And I remember buying about six or seven pairs of jeans. I was really happy because I was like, okay, these are really cute jeans. I got you all these cute tops that I knew you would like, colors you like. You wore it one day and you said, I hate these. They're uncomfortable. I'm never wearing jeans again. And I remember trying to reason with you. Well, I just bought these brand new. I don't want to waste them, you know, and you were just like, I don't care. I'm not wearing them. Mm. It was soon after that. You said, I only want to wear skirts and dresses. You just you had decided like this is what I want to wear and I won't settle for anything else. Do you remember that time?
1: I remember the uncomfortableness of it.
0: Of the jeans? Yeah. Yeah, you really did not like the way it felt on your skin at all. I remember later on when it started to get really cold and I was like, okay, there's no way you can wear skirts today. It's way too cold. We were able to compromise with tights, but even that you weren't too happy with, like you would wear them, but you were like, Hmm, this isn't my favorite. And eventually I started buying you fleece pants and you were like, very happy about those you liked them not only did they come in all the colors that you liked but they were soft on your skin and they were warm and so that was kind of a a compromise for us like okay i just want to make sure you're warm and you're comfortable and you were like i just want to make sure that i like the way it feels and i like the way it looks so now you'll wear jeans which i was shocked i remember <laughs> i remember telling you like, you want jeans <laughs> while we were shopping you're like, yeah, I'm fine with that. <sighs> yeah. Cause it was yeah. so long. Like I just written off jeans, like, well, that's never going to happen. They're never going to like jeans.
1: Yeah. And I wear them pretty infrequently too.
0: Yeah. But you don't seem to have an issue with it. Like you don't wear them and like, ugh, I'm not comfortable in
1: this. It was around 10 when everything kind of went down. I remember a lot of going to the store, getting only black clothing, and it was clothing that was very formless.
0: Yeah, the baggier the better.
1: Yeah, I would wear clothes that were bigger than my size. I would wear jackets, lots of jackets.
0: Lots of hoodies.
1: Yeah, being very uncomfortable all the time, always on alert all the time.
0: Right and this this was a different kind of discomfort than say you had with wearing jeans when you were little this wasn't necessarily discomfort with textures and and fabrics this was discomfort with being
1: I didn't really care about clothing at the time I had a lot more to worry about than clothing so that was just one of the things I could just be done with I could put on the same thing every day and I wouldn't mind
0: yeah Well, it seemed like fashion became more of a means to hide.
1: It was around high school when we actually went shopping and we got stuff that, like the start of high school where we started getting clothes, I started searching for clothes that were more fashionable, you would say.
0: Yeah, you got more excited. I remember before high school started, you got excited about going to high school and that you would finally be in an environment where kids might understand you and accept you. And
1: for, to be honest, I didn't, high school is one of those things that's kind of romanticized in media. So I honestly didn't Mm -hmm. know what it would be like. Um, I didn't really expect, of course, I didn't expect it to be as awful as it was, but I didn't expect it to be amazing either. I was just kind of like, this could go bad or good but i'm ha- but i'm really happy right now and i'm in a good place so i can't be so bad that i'll have to move move schools that was my mindset cuz i was really happy before high school started
0: yeah you were and that quickly that quickly changed
1: well people were homophobic and i didn't know how to how to deal with that
0: yeah and it was weird because it wasn't necessarily in your face homophobic. It was more like whispers here and there that you would hear.
1: No, I heard I heard the F-slur at oh. least three times a day.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: People were saying it openly. Um, the, like, it wasn't directed at me, but people were saying it openly. It was very obvious that this was not a safe environment.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: So... Yeah. I didn't feel safe. Of course, I have lived a very um I wouldn't say sheltered, but it was a very I've lived a pretty safe life so far. A protected so life. <laughs> a very protected life. So I wouldn't say that I was afraid for my life, but I would say that I was afraid of rejection.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I would argue too that social rejection is is just as painful if not more painful than being physically assaulted because we're a social species. We need connection with each other, and to feel as if before you even try, you're already rejected is is very difficult, especially for someone at that age, which you were uh, you were fourteen at the time.
1: Yeah, and it was all compounded by the fact that I also heard the R slur, um, so it was like. Okay, so I can't be open about anything here. Um, And even within the GSA club, there were some people who would feel who would kind of infantilize autistic people. And I didn't like that either. I didn't really want to be treated like I was a child you needed to protect. So I wasn't open Mm -hmm. about it there either.
0: And I think especially teenagers, where they think they understand something because they have a little bit of knowledge on it, or they have a little bit of experience, and they think they understand it completely, they kind of run with that limited understanding and make judgments based on that, when really there's just, things are so multifaceted. You know, gender is multifaceted. Autism is multifaceted. There was this quote I saw recently from a doctor says, if you've met one autistic person, that means that you've met one autistic person.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) It doesn't mean you know all autistic people. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that perfectly sums up, you know, how people, and I've made this mistake too, where people assume they understand something because they've had, you know, limited experience with it, when really there's so much more to it that they don't really understand yet. yeah, And and it's also difficult for you because it's not really your job to educate people on it either. I mean, you could say, well, you know, I have autism and I'm not like that. But then again, there's also wrapped up in that, wait, do I want to say that? Are they going to make assumptions about me because I've said that? Are they going to treat me differently because I've said that? And that all gets wrapped up in the fact that you're young still and you don't know how people are going to react and you don't want that social rejection Mm -hmm. because it's a time in your life when you really need people to relate to who can accept you and understand you.
1: Yeah. And now I have a lot of neurodivergent friends. I don't know if any of them aren't neurodivergent. And that's your
0: online friends, right?
1: Yeah. So I like have a little community now and by far, it's been very helpful.
0: That's good. I mean, I, um, I wished that you could have found that at your high school, but you didn't. And that's just sometimes how things go, but I'm really glad that you did eventually find a group of people who are accepting of who you are and understanding about who you are.
1: Yeah. So back to fashion. Um, I remember high school was when I really started caring about fashion, caring about how I looked, because I did care about how I looked, just not in the same way. So I started expanding how much I cared about how I looked. I had a few fashions. Mm-hmm. I liked masculine clothing, uh, just some of it, like button ups and jeans. And, you know, like the way, the way some masculine fashion seems to put off a, I don't care look, yet still look fashionable, that kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what you mean.
1: So I liked that. I liked Lolita clothing. I liked cute clothing. Well, I still like those kinds of clothing.
0: Tell me a little bit more about Lolita fashion.
1: To be honest, I'm not that knowledgeable on it. I'd say frilly fashion. Just like very detailed. Originated in Japan.
0: And from what I've read, it started as... A rejection of the ideas of how women should be and how women should dress.
1: Yeah, Um, it's seen as a reaction against Japanese society. People are pressured to adhere to gender roles, expectations and responsibilities that are part of these roles. And wearing fashion inspired by childhood clothing is a reaction against this. There are different perspectives, but that's probably the main idea.
0: There's this idea that Lolita fashion is, is sexualizing young girls, but really it's kind of a rejection of that idea of over-sexualizing women and telling women how they should dress. We're going to dress like young girls before we became sexualized because there really is nothing sexual about Lolita fashion as it's supposed to be done because you're all covered up Yeah, <laughs> and the shapes are not sexual or sexy in any way you're not accentuating the breasts you're not revealing the breasts you're not revealing the hips yeah Um, and of course Americans took that idea as we often do and made it something else which often happens (laughs) yeah (laughs) things we take from other cultures and it took on a different meaning in the United States and that has a lot to do with the preconceptions we had of what Lolita means, which in Japan has absolutely nothing to do with the novel. It actually is completely separate and was not inspired by the novel at all. But because the name is the same, often in American society or Western societies, it gets conflated with the novel. So I've dressed in Lolita fashion before. I think it's a lot of fun. I've never dressed in it as a fashion choice in general, I've only dressed in it for like special occasions. I actually sewed my own Lolita dress and I wore it to FANIME, which is an anime convention. And that was a lot of fun. I've worn that dress from time to time for Halloween or other occasions. Mostly it's just like a special occasion type of thing. But there are people who dress in Lolita fashion on a regular basis. Yeah. In their everyday life. I think that is awesome too. I think, you know, whatever people are comfortable in and what makes them happy and you're not hurting anyone, then uh, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a positive thing.
1: Mm -hmm. There's so many fashions I like that if I want to go into all of them, I don't know if any of my clothing would match with each other.
0: (laughs) That's okay. Mix it up.
1: I like punk.
0: That's interesting because I don't think you've really delved into the punk Fashion yet,
1: no. I want to. I I Um. think
0: with with fashion, I think people want to put rules and and categories on it. But I mean, I've always approached fashion as like a free for all. Really, can mix up whatever you want. You don't have to follow those rules of you're either this type of fashion or you're that type of fashion. Which is often even in my life confused a lot of people. Like, well, last week you were just wearing ordinary clothes. And today you're wearing like this dress with a city scene on it. Like, I don't understand your fashion. I'm like, you don't have to understand my fashion. I wear what I like.
2: <laughs> That's yeah. it.
0: I wear what I like and what I feel like wearing. I pull that out of my closet that day and I wear it. And one day I might be in sweatpants and a t-shirt. And another day I might be in, you know, full on Lolita. It just depends on what I'm feeling like wearing that day. Yeah. And I and- tried to encourage you guys to do the same with your own fashion, because really you should enjoy fashion and you shouldn't really mm-hmm. pigeonhole yourself into one thing.
1: Yeah, I think the one constant in my fashion is that I like the colors black and pink. Um, yeah. Everything else is just kind of like men's button ups. I have women's blouses. I have a maid dress, mm-hmm. cosplay, and I hope to expand because once again, I only started getting into this a couple of years ago. So my wardrobe is kind of small right now um, when it comes to what I want to wear. It's Um, growing, though. It's growing. And that's happened mostly
0: mostly over the last year, I would say, where you've really tried to express yourself through your fashion. And I love watching it because you're like, oh, I'm going to buy this. Oh, I'm going to buy that. And I'm like, I never would have thought that you would like that. And here you are wearing it. And I'm just it's it's great to see when you walk into the kitchen and you're wearing like a little skirt with a frilly blouse and I'm like oh my gosh you look so cute today and then the next day you're like button-up shirt and jeans and I'm like oh you look so cute you know because it's to me it's like these are all the different sides of you that have always been there but now you're showing it to everyone else and I like it I I like seeing you play with your fashion yeah it's fun (laughs) it seems like you're having a lot of fun with it too
1: yeah I am so that's another thing. It's like, you shouldn't give up on something just because you feel late to the party.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's never um, too late.
1: Sometimes I wonder what it would be like if I focus more on that. But also, mm-hmm. I'm happy with where I am right now. And I'm happy that I get the chance to get close that I want. And I'm happy that I'm at a place personally where I can experiment and not feel incredibly uncomfortable.
0: Right. I've noticed too, since you've really started coming into your own with fashion and and really expressing yourself, you carry yourself differently. Your Your posture is more open. You wear something that you obviously like and you feel good in. And that shows you seem more confident and comfortable and happy with who you are. And, you know, going back to what you dealt with when gender dysphoria started, early on in puberty, you were dressing more to hide yourself. That reflected in your posture as well, where your shoulders were slumped and your head was down and your head was covered by a hoodie. And and now you're coming out of your room and you're like, Hey, this is what I'm wearing today. And I feel good in it. And that shows in how you carry yourself. Yeah. Have you noticed um, that?
1: Yeah. Well, I've been caring more about posture now.
0: Yeah. And it feels different, doesn't it? When you start to carry yourself with a more confident posture changes your attitude as well your actions affect your your emotions and your emotions affect your actions it goes both ways
1: yeah all of it affects each other
0: mhm yeah but uh-huh. it's beautiful to see you really come out and and embrace all the different sides of yourself yeah i mean it's okay to not be happy but it's also really nice to see you confident in yourself yeah And comfortable with yourself. And I feel like that should be the goal is to be comfortable with who you are and confident about who you are. Go out into the world and say, this is who I am. I'm happy with who I am. And I'm confident with who I am. And I can't tell you how to feel about me, but I'm not going to let that change how I feel about myself. Yeah. And and that takes work and that takes time which it has for you, but you've come a long way with fashion and with feeling comfortable and confident in who you are. And that didn't come from outside of you, that came from within. If you could offer advice to kids like yourself who may be dealing with any of the things that we discussed that you went through, what kind of advice would you offer them about fashion?
1: See, the thing about fashion is that um, it's another visual indicator. So I can't necessarily tell everyone where would you want, because some people don't have the the ability or the freedom to do so. Yeah. So I would say, ultimately, the goal should be to be in a place that is safe enough for you to be able to dress however you want. Yeah. But I do encourage people to be who they are when they have the ability to. And I guess this goes into more coming out kind of type type of stuff. You don't have to do what you are most comfortable with.
0: Yeah. And don't worry. I would say don't worry if you're feeling like you really want to, but you're not in a, a place or a time in your life where you feel safe enough to do so. You have time. There will be time for you to do that in your life so don't dismay about i'm never going to be able to you know express who i am there will come a time in your life when you are free from those constraints and you will be able to be your true self yeah yeah so just keep waiting and keep dreaming and there will come a time when you can come out and say this is who i really am i may have been hiding it but this is who i really am and i want to show the world now
1: just above all stay safe
0: yes stay safe please do please do this has been gender euphoria podcast special thanks to the yellow dress for our intro and outro music tummy in the blood if you or someone you love is in need of support please visit the resources listed in our episode notes you can find us on twitter with at gen Euphoria pod. if you're interested in being featured on our show email us at gender Euphoria podcast at gmail.com thanks for listening
2: the same the chances of finding ourselves home again finding in the same way the chances of finding ourselves home